What are we doing? All right, let's give it a shot. Hi, I'm Zach, host of the Belated Binge Podcast, and I'm here to try to convince you to join us as we re-binge some of the most iconic series in recent memory that I also happen to nearly missed out on, like our current reread of the Harry Potter series, which, despite growing up through the hype, I somehow didn't read until I was in my mid-20s. That's the belated part. But now that I have, there's some of my favorite forms of entertainment. So we're going back, a chapter or two at a time, discussing world building, character motivations, plot holes, we theorize, we foreshadow, and we give away meaningless awards. That's the binge part. If you like Harry Potter and need an excuse to reread them, or just a distraction from your day job, you can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't hesitate to join the discussion on the Belated Binge Podcast. Uh, please. How'd I do? Hi, it's Taylor. Quickly jumping in before the episode starts to let you know that we've changed our name and are now Sisters Assembled. You can find our updated social handles in the show notes. Enjoy the show! Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Marvel Fan Theories podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Katie, and we're two sisters and borderline obsessed Marvel fans who have been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe closely for years. And now we want to share our MCU discussions with you. We chat about our own predictions and theories, plus some of our favorites from online, and our reactions to all of the Marvel content that's considered MCU canon, including the Disney Plus shows and the movies, as well as the Marvel news you need to know. Alrighty, we are here to cover Moon Knight, the first new episode, sorry, new show of 2022. It's just so exciting because we're getting quite a few this year, so this is the first of many. Katie, what are your initial thoughts and excitement around Moon Knight? I think for me, the very first thing that... when Okay, <laughs> I think I start every episode with, with, here's my first... Oh, wait, let me backtrack. I think when they first announced Moon Knight... I was excited because it was a character we don't really know much of. It's a character I don't think, and I can be corrected if I'm wrong by saying this, but I think it's a character that, well, I think definitely has its fans. They're a niche group more than they would be of someone like Iron Man or even the Fantastic Four. So I think you hear less of this character, uh, and unless you're really, really paying more a lot of attention and... This is more for the people who are just MCU fans themselves and not so much aware of, or I shouldn't say aware of, but maybe don't necessarily give the same amount to the comics, which is totally fine, totally understand, uh, since the comics are intense to get into. And I've dabbled, but it's hard. But I think when you're mainly just MCU-based, the character of Moon Knight is very new to you, and it was pretty new to me. So I think it was exciting to see them branching into a character I'd never heard of at all. And since I've started to see more and more of the footage, I'm really excited because, small little thing about me, but I've had some hyperfixation on the Egyptian times. So I am very oh, no. excited <laughs> for this I show. literally, I'm, my blood is boiling. First of all, listeners, let me give you a little backstory here. Number one, we were fighting before we got on this call. So this is perfect. Number two, there is a book series by Rick Riordan, who <laughs> many of you may know as the author of the Percy Jackson series, which, by the way, is getting a series on a book series, which is getting a live action series on Disney Plus. 
What? Super excited. I also have had a hyperfixation on the Greeks since Percy Jackson, and I'm rereading them. There you go. But he also came out with a book series on the Egyptian gods, and Caitlin beat me through the series. I was kind of aging out of the young adult fiction at that time. I was still trying to work my way through that series, and I'm not going to spoil it, even though the book's been out for like 10 years, but there is a character who is another (laughs) character in the series, and... To this day, every, what would you say, six months or so, she'll just randomly tell me, like, (laughs) blank is blank, just to remind me so that even though I've been trying for ten years now to forget this spoiler, she'll, you know, re-up it in my brain every once in a while so that I never, (laughs) ever, ever will forget that spoiler. That was a really long tangent, but in case you guys ever wanted a glimpse into our relationship, that's a pretty good metaphor for just, like, everything. And it shows my my love for the Egyptian <laughs> cultures, is I can't seem to forget it. <laughs> but no, I also do have the interest, of course, like, even learning it down in uh, probably middle school, I really have always found the, the culture of the Egyptians so interesting, and the stories behind them, and the pharaohs and and everything it, that really revolves around them. I think they're one of the most interesting civilizations, ancient civilizations to learn about for sure. So I'm really excited to kind of see that aspect being brought in. And I think phase four is in a lot with different cultures. I mean, Shang-Chi is a great example and some of the culture uh, for him. Even just what was in the Eternals going through time. Yeah. There was a lot of different, you know, Mesopotamia and all of that. So that was super cool to see as well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited for it. I also am really excited for the darkness. I'm also a, a big lover for the kind of psychotic thriller kind no. of idea. We had no idea. <laughs> Well, if you didn't, but I love that. So essentially, I'm trying to tell you, it sounds like Moonlight. Moon Knight has everything I love. So basically, Moon Knight is the center of your loving Venn diagram? I think so. I mean, Harry Styles is an eternal, so I think I, I can't, not fully, but like close. Okay, okay. Interesting. I too am really excited for Moon Knight. I also did not know a lot about the character, so in just a second, I'm going to give everybody listening... Just a little bit of background, because I had to do, you know, some, I don't want to say intense research, but I did do some research on the character just because I, to Katie's point, do not know a lot about him. But in terms of what I was most excited about, I don't think it's been a secret on this podcast that I'm also a fan of Star Wars. So anybody who, you know, lives on this planet, I think, knows that Oscar Isaac, who plays Moon Knight and his various personalities was in the most recent Star Wars trilogy, so I really liked him in that, and I'm very excited to see him in the Marvel Universe. So I think for me, the biggest piece of excitement and attraction is just Oscar. I love him, and I'm very excited to see him take on this role. But like I said, I did do a little bit of research so that if you maybe haven't had the time yet to look into the character or are a little confused about what the heck is going on, because the trailers are a little confusing... Just want to give a little bit of background for you guys. So Moon Knight is, I think, given his powers by the Egyptian god Khonshu. I'm probably butchering that pronunciation. They don't actually say it in any of the trailers, or I would have mimicked that pronunciation. But basically, Moon Knight has three identities living within his body. So he has disassociative identity disorder, which means he has multiple personalities living within one body. So there are... I'm going to 
talk about the three, just briefly a little bit of background on each. So the first, I don't actually know who's the primary, but we're just going to go in the order in which the book I was reading goes. The first is Mark Spector. He's a mercenary. The second is Stephen Grant. He's supposed to be a millionaire. And the third is Jake Lockley, a taxi driver. Now, I don't know about you guys, but just tying this back to the trailer, we do see Stephen in the trailer quite often. He does not look like a millionaire to me. He lives in a pretty crappy apartment. So that seems like one change already from Moon Knight's identity in the comics. So Mark, we do see a little bit as well. He seems to be pretty... The little bit that we see him seems to be kind of more in parallel with what his comic book counterpart is. I don't think we've seen Jake. At least he's not been named if we have seen him. Because I guess at any one point... Oscar Isaac could be any one of these three men, um, so it's a little confusing there, but Jake was not specifically called by name at any point in the trailer. But that's just a little bit of background on Moon Knight for anybody who, like us, does not know the character super well, so that as we're going through this episode, you kind of have a little bit of of context. Yeah, uh, I wanted to, since you brought it up already, and since it's pretty much the basis of Moon Knight, so... I think the thing I want to talk about first is the idea of DID, which, as Taylor said, was dissociative identity disorder. I'm going to be really intrigued because I think we've seen certain mental health disorders before in the Marvel Universe. I think they've been very few, but we have seen them. I think we've seen them well, and we've also seen them very poorly. A good example of one that was done fairly well was Iron Man, Tony and the third Iron Man. He was suffering from panic attacks and a panic disorder. PTSD. Yes, thank you, PTSD. And then I think a terrible example would have been Thor and Endgame, which, you know, I have plenty to say on that one day. <laughs> um, when we get there, Katie, in our replay episode, there's going to be a 40-minute segment on Thor's depression in that episode I think I need my episode own episode alone. because <laughs> I think I need to take it from the psychological standpoint that I've learned everything from and just be like, this is everything that was wrong. So I'm a little nervous because we've had kind of these unsure portrayals. We're kind of 50-50 in a little bit of areas. So this is a very intense disorder for those who don't really have any familiarity with it. It's kind of been one of those disorders that people are like, do you have it or are you making it up? And just to go back a little quickly, guys, Katie is a psych minor, so there is a little bit of knowledge there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she does have some credential and some knowledge. She's by no means an expert, but has studied it. So that's why she's going to go on this little this little rant for a second. Yeah, I'm not like just spewing random things. I promise I'm quite literally in classes. <laughs> so but it, it's been also portrayed in a lot of different ways. I think one of the worst portrayals, but probably the most Common that I think people would have remembered, especially recently, is Split. That was my first thought. Yeah, it's that is a very terrible portrayal, uh, just because obviously you don't want to villainize someone who has this disorder. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Marvel goes about it, especially with the information of him having, sounds about three different alters. Whether that holds true, we'll see. Uh, obviously, one of his alters is Moon Knight. To an extent. I, my understanding, and this could be totally wrong, but my understanding is that Moon Knight is actually Mark in the suit. Okay. Like, I don't know that Moon Knight is his own alter, 
I think it's one of them in the suit, given the powers by Khonshu. Oh, so he's aware of every... Well, I guess... Okay. So, if he came out of the Moon Knight suit, Mark would still be aware of what he was... I think so, because there's a clip where he talks about being Moon Knight, and he says, we protect people, and we do this, and it seems to me... Cause he was talking to Steven, so it seems like Mark is very aware of what happens when he's Moon Knight. That was my understanding. Okay, so then I, I retract my statement. Um, Moon Knight is an addition to him as a person, not an alter. But I think it's also interesting since we're not introduced to him as, and obviously in the, this is just from the trailers, we're not introduced to him as someone who has DID. We're introduced to him as someone who has sleeping problems, which I think is really interesting because they don't really correlate much. Obviously, there are plenty of sleeping disorders as well, but his is more of the problem that he, it appears that because he's changing alters, he's not always aware enough to know what his other alters are doing <laughs> so he's awake more than he realizes he is and i think that's what the sleeping problems seem to i mean he ties himself to a bed to not move <laughs> so i think it's gonna be really interesting i'm a little nervous like i said to see how this is portrayed because like i said some current media has not necessarily portrayed it in the best of light so i'm hoping it is done very properly but yeah so i want to give a little bit of background on that just so on top of understanding the character, you kind of understand him on a deeper level. So where everyone's going in a little bit more aware. <laughs> yeah, I will say, you know, we're about a week and a half. When we're recording this, we're about a week and a half out from the premiere. And the initial screener reviews are starting to come out and have been coming out for the past couple of days. Overwhelmingly positive, And I think if I'm remembering correctly, a lot of positive reviews, not just of the show in general, but of Oscar Isaac's performance as someone suffering with this disorder. So I will say, so far, I think the reception has been positive, And I think, you know, they think it's quite nuanced and, and not really... I think we're getting more of a Tony PTSD experience than we are getting a Thor Endgame experience in this. I think, and we've talked about this before a lot, you know, Marvel, they do listen to the fans. And there was a lot of fan conversation after Endgame about Thor and the way he was portrayed and all of that. So I think it's one of those things where they just kind of learn from what does and doesn't work with the fandom and what the fandom will and will not accept when it comes to portrayals of mental illness. So I think they spent some time really trying to get this one right. At least that's what it sounds like so far, and I'm hoping that that, that bears out when we actually get to see it. Yeah, I mean, it's also, as I kind of was saying before, it's a disorder that I think hasn't been portrayed as often because it's also less rare of a disorder, or more rare, I was going to say less, <laughs> but more rare of a disorder than, you know, an PTSD or um, an anxiety disorder, panic disorder. So, or depression in, Thor, in the sake of Thor's character. So I definitely think in mainstream media, we've gotten less portrayals of it, which have also been very up and down. <laughs> so I think this is kind of one of the ones where I, I think Marvel probably looked at it and understood they really needed to do well in general for, to your point, to the fans, but also just to, to the type of disorder, how it hasn't always been portrayed very well. I think they definitely take that step back and look and thought it through. And I, and I, I hope that I can say that in a, in a week and a half or two weeks, three weeks that consistently I'm feeling good. I'm feeling that it's portrayed properly and that we are 
not doing any damage to people who suffer from this disorder. So, <laughs> but moving forward, we've gotten about what two, three trailers, a couple trailers, a few official clips. There's yeah. still some stragglers coming in. There was another one earlier today I saw. So that that was interesting. There was one I think they with Ethan Hawke was the most recent one that came out earlier today. I still have no idea what this show's about. I am gonna have my own thoughts, but I uh, probably am wrong. So I think the trailer spent a lot of time showing the, his confusion a lot by who he is, and really. But I think let's let's go in a little deeper there because I think we need to specify who's confusion. Yeah, I think Stephen is confused. But Mark seems to know what's going on. I now I could be wrong, <laughs> but we're we're a theories and and predictions based podcast. So <laughs> let me live my life. <laughs> what it almost felt like when I was watching the trailers was that Moon. So obviously Moon Knight as the suit is a part of him all the time. But it seems like Stephen is becoming the person who's starting to have to call up the suit. Uh, instead of it just being Mark and just that personality and that alter, it's becoming Steven who is now having to do it. And you can see that emotion in a lot of the scenes already just in the trailer that it's not just confusion off of almost discovering his other alters and realizing that he has these alters when it is there, it's not just alters. It's like one of his alters essentially is a superhero, <laughs> but like a dark one. There's a whole nother layer. Yeah. And I think it we're seeing more and more of Steven actually having to be exposed to being Moon Knight and what the gruesomeness of that is. And I actually would really like, I'm like excited for the backstory to know when the suit was essentially, I want to say suit, I guess, was essentially given to him. <laughs> I don't know the, it's not, it's not a curse. It's a, what's the word? Like a blessing? I guess, I guess, because he blessed him with the powers. I would, I don't know. I don't really know the terminology I'm trying to go about with this. It works. We're going to go with it. But I'd like to know when this kind of came about that he was given these powers. I think it, it would be very interesting to almost see if that was part of the reason the, the DID almost manifested was because he created a different altar for it being out of the gruesomeness so he could forget it. But now I, it almost feels like the show is showing us that he's going to be combining a lot of these altars and we're going to be seeing him pretty much have to accept what he does. That's an interesting take. I was thinking more about it as, like, from the superhero perspective and, like, the larger universe perspective, but that is an interesting thought that it's more of a character study than anything else. I actually think that's in kind of in line with some comments that I believe Oscar Isaac made. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like it was either him or perhaps... One of the journalists that I follow that's that got a screener and was talking about it, I feel like somewhere I heard that it was very much a character study. I did hear, I remember seeing this and thinking that it was interesting that through four, because I think they got screeners through four, that it does not lean on the wider MCU pretty much at all. So for the first time truly since Iron Man, we are getting a fully independent movie, or I'm sorry, show, that is not at all tied to any other property in the MCU. I'm actually excited for it to see how they do it. I'm excited and I'm kind of not surprised. And I have a little bit of a, I feel like I have a couple reasons for that. For one, this is going to be very literal as to why I'm not surprised. A lot of the MCU has taken place in America, 
most of our heroes are from America. We've seen, obviously, them travel around. We've been in London a couple times. Obviously, Cersei and Sprite started off in London during the Eternals. But we haven't really been super cornered in there. And so most of the things that we've seen have been in America or Wakanda, which is... Technically in Africa, but also technically not real. So, <laughs> Or Sokovia. Yeah, yeah. So that's like my literal reason as to why I'm not surprised. My other thing is Moon Knight is a dark character, and he's the first we're really seeing. Maybe not necessarily at all. We have someone like Deadpool who, like, obviously... Daredevil. The, yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I, I'm getting there. <laughs> so, but, like, obviously Deadpool's got the humor to him, but at the end of the day, he's also a mercenary. And so in the larger MCU, we haven't really, really seen it. And if we have, to a degree, I'm thinking Killmonger, it's been a villain. A sympathetic one, but a villain. So to see one that's a, that's a hero and is taking on that darker thing at the exact same time, and I'm, I am bridging this exactly into something I know you want to talk about, we're getting closer and closer now that we have them all on Disney Plus to seeing people like Daredevil and you know, I know the Defenders were added, and Jessica Jones. Iron Fist, Luke Cage. Yes. All of the, I mean, everybody got their origin story moved on, and their, like, the Defenders team up, and then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was also brought on, which, it does not fit, fit in that kind of dark realm, but just since we're covering off and all the changes on Disney+. Plus. Yep. And those, uh, specifically, I'm going to use Daredevil as an example, who's also already fully entered the MCU. Mm-hmm. Thank you to No Way Home. We have had our introduction semi to Blade, our Blade. Um, we've had, oh, give me Kit Harrington's character, not his character, but his new, his superhero. Black Knight, I believe. Thank you. I was like, it's white and I was, or it's Knight and I was going to say White Knight. Um, I wasn't sure. Uh, so Black Knight all of which are much darker, darker, darker characters than we've gotten. So I'm not entirely surprised we're getting some differenti- differentiation <laughs> with this show, since it's really the beginning of this mercenary and darkness that I think we're getting. And I also am not fully surprised because if he's in England, well, Kit Harrington's character is in England. Oh. And Blade is with him. And so there's three of them in the same area already. Well, Blade wasn't necessarily with him. Well, his voice was supposedly there. Right. Which is to assume he was in the room. No, I did not actually take it that way at all. I used air quotations, by the way. Oh, (laughs) I was like, what is she saying right now? (laughs) No, I'm just talking (laughs) out loud to, you know, my friendly ghost. She's giving (laughs) captions for the audience that I didn't realize. No, I I don't believe that Blade was in the room because, and this is just something we didn't really talk about a lot during Eternals, but when it was because he didn't appear until he touched a, a peer. I'm now I'm using air quotes. <laughs> he didn't appear until Kit Harrington's character touched the blade. So to me, I think there's more of a spiritual isn't quite the right word, but more of that type of connection between Blade and. The, the blade and that he was there more in like not necessarily physically if that makes sense but i agree that it does mean that blade's here and we all know it's coming i mean the cast you know we've casted blade we've cast a few other characters i'm so excited for maharshala ali it's gonna be amazing so we know it's coming i don't remember exactly off the top of my head when it's slated but to your point whether he was in the room with kit harrington or not he is coming and he's there 
you did say that I had some things to talk about when it comes to dark characters, and that is very true, because I've been seeing these things online, by things I mean tweets, that are referencing a group called the Midnight Suns. I've actually tweeted them about them myself in relation to all the different teams and organizations that we'd have now existing in the MCU, which is fracturing a lot of organization and making it very hard to keep up. Um, and that's something that honestly we could do an entire episode on just the different teams that are starting to pop up in phase four. But essentially the Midnight Suns are a group that has consisted of, or does consist of now, I'm going to list off a bunch of characters for you guys and then explain why it's important. Doctor Strange, Morbius, Ghost Rider, Werewolf by Night, Iron Fist, Blade, Mr. Knight, which is another version of Moon Knight, Scarlet Spider, and Wong. Don't we see Mr. Knight? Mm-hmm. Okay, that that's the version of Moon Knight that just has, like, the almost it's ski mask. It's tighter and he's wearing a suit. Yeah, it almost just looks like a ski mask on him. Yeah, it's kind of stitched. Okay, yeah, I want to clarify that for not only myself, but also anyone listening who wanted to... We do actually see him as well in the trailers. Yes, Mr. Knight will be appearing in this show. So, there is a version of Moon Knight in the Midnight Suns. And here's why this is so exciting. I don't know if you guys really just paid attention as much to that list when I was rattling it off or really caught this, but every single character in this list except for two has been confirmed either existing in the MCU already or is confirmed to be coming back or premiering or debuting in the MCU within the next few years. The two exceptions obviously being Scarlet Spider, which... Did we get in the multiverse? Not sorry, not the multiverse of madness. Into the multiverse? I don't believe so. But if we're on this topic, real quick, I do want to say we do have the Madame Web movie coming out. Right. So the possibility of Scarlet Spider being in that and introduced in that, especially since Morbius is also in this group, there might be a lot more of that Sony Marvel crossover. So. Keep in mind, that could be a possibility of someone coming. Yes, absolutely. Very much an option, though not confirmed to be coming. And then the only other one that has not been absolutely confirmed and blessed by Kevin Feige is Ghost Rider. Now, the caveat with Ghost Rider is that there's a lot of rumors, so that's pretty much, I think, just a matter of time. That could be, you know, a lot of people are talking about that being a cameo in Multiverse of Madness. So just because it's not confirmed, same thing with Scarlet Spider, does not mean that they are completely off the table. So I say all that to say, you know, it's really exciting because every every single one of these characters either exists, confirmed to be coming, possibly getting a new shot, or is very much possibly in play. So, you know, this could be the start of the Midnight Suns coming into the MCU, which is super, super exciting. All very dark. I mean, you guys heard those names. All very dark characters, very gritty, a complete departure from your sunshiny Captain America. And interestingly enough, and I know Katie's going to groan because when I told her this before we started recording, she did. One of their foes in the comics... Oh, I didn't groan because I was sad. I groan because I'm kind of happy. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it just gives me, like, PTSD. But one of their foes in the comics is none other than everyone's favorite red herring, Mephisto. So we may actually be getting him, and I will stick my neck out there and say I'm willing to add a Mephisto prediction 
even though I we all got burned so hard the last time. Well, I think the reason Mephisto was the way Mephisto was, and why so many people latched onto him, and why I will continue to latch onto him until I see him on the big <laughs> screen, is because a lot of our storylines happen to be perfectly lining up with a lot of comics that Mephisto is well known for, including the one in which Peter loses his, or everyone forgets who Peter is. There is a storyline based off of that idea that involves Mephisto. It's Peter makes the deal with him versus how obviously we saw it. But that's a huge storyline, and currently our Peter Parker is obviously a forgotten person. Well, not to mention then, I mean, even just in WandaVision, the whole storyline with her kids, like, that's so tied up in Mephisto. Yeah. He's a big foe of the Fantastic Four, if I'm not mistaken, and we all know that they're coming. So he really does tie in. You know, I am afraid to put this out there because it's a big and bold prediction, but I could see Mephisto, just with his level of connection to almost everybody on the board right now, being the next big bad. Okay. I, I think I said that during WandaVision time, so I'll, I will go back on what Katie of over a year ago has said and support her. <laughs> so. All right. I just, I think, you know, you cannot ignore the through line that is Mephisto, and he's definitely powerful enough probably more powerful than Thanos. I mean, he is quite literally the devil. Yeah, so we all know that Marvel has to, you know, up the ante. We can't have another Thanos-level villain because what are the stakes there? We've seen them defeat a Thanos-level villain. It was horrifying, and he killed half the world in the process, but it happened and they won. Well, now the next set of Avengers, or however they're being called now because there's like 17 different teams on the board, needs to fight somebody bigger, badder, eviler and who's eviler than the devil so mephisto man i can't believe it's 2022 and we're saying that again (laughs) yeah but it'll be interesting and that's why i think you know to circle all the way back this is why i think moonlight i keep calling it moonlight why moon (laughs) night i thought you said that at one point i was like am i just hearing things or is she really just calling it moonlight no the first time i said it i was trying to say the reason I, I'm going to love Moon Knight, and I think the L and the, I just kind of got mixed. But now this time, I don't know why I said it. Moon Knight <laughs> is, it's on its own because I think it's leading to something much bigger. And is, and I think something such as this is going to be probably kept separate from someone like Sam Wilson. Oh, absolutely. Because what? Like, how do you, you don't have someone, who is so dark, and not even just Moon Knight, but, you know, Daredevil or anything like that, sharing the screen in, like, full ways, unless we get darker, which I'm okay with. Well, I mean, you know, we are coming up to the... We Actually, it just happened, the one year of yep. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so this is a good time to talk about it. You know, reflecting back, that show got a lot darker. That's like, fair. we're not talking Steve Cap. That show was dark in the sense that, I mean, we watched a man... Bash another man's face in. I mean, we obviously didn't see it, but we all know what happened off screen. That man, he who shall not be named, bashed another man's head in with the symbol of America and the symbol of Captain America. Yeah. So that's that's not something we would have seen had Steve still been Cap. Right. You know, they've even taken Captain America and made it grittier. To be fair, though, it wasn't Sam who did that. Oh, Absolutely. I'm just saying those elements are brought in. Right. But while there were those dark moments, Sam would not be the kind of person who would do that versus you have 
Daredevil and Moon Knight and Deadpool even, who are all mercenaries and that's different care, very different type of types of characters. So I think the biggest points we've hit so far are obviously DID, which is going to be a big aspect. And the look, we've looked into some of that idea of, of him with how Moon Knight works, some of our thoughts on the premise. But now let's look at the villain. Obviously, this show is draped in the mythology, which I, I love. But that means that our villain, obviously in one of the clips we see it already too, is a part of the same world, is going to be using some of these same concepts and some of this, I want to say, for lack of better words, magic. <laughs> And we've seen it. We, If you do look at one of the featured clips that he is using something, I mean, I, I, usually a portal to the, the, well, I don't know if the Egyptians called it the underworld, but the Greeks do. The underworld <laughs> opens and, you know, something scary of ancient Egyptian mythology steps out, which we see later on. But who is he is the question I want to know the answer to. And just for clarification... We're talking about Ethan Hawke's character. Yeah. For anybody who's familiar with the actor. It's interesting. I did want to look at him last night because I was like, who is this guy? There's not a ton on him. I don't actually remember. Like, what I read wasn't, first of all, wasn't robust enough. And second of all, wasn't memorable enough that I'm able to, like, recall it on this episode. He's just kind of, I think he's like a cult leader. And I could be very wrong about that, but it almost seems that way, too, with the way there are shots of him, you know, with the staff and then people, you know, kneeling before him and and all that type of thing. So I feel like I read that he was a cult leader, but we'll definitely follow up with that in a blog post just to make sure that, you know, we're giving you accurate information there. But it will be interesting, you know, and the first trailer we that we got for Moon Knight, he says to one version of Oscar Isaac's character, he says there's chaos and you embrace the chaos. So he's clearly pushing for him to go darker and really unleash the power of Moon Knight in a way that I think maybe it's it's more restrained and he wants perhaps to use him for his own ends, whatever those might be. I'm sure we'll find that out in the show. So he seems to me to be more of a proponent of like darkness and violence and using the powers for maybe not helping others the way that Mark explains to Stephen is kind of their purpose. Yeah, and actually, not to go a little slightly off this topic, but I will say the aspect of using the word chaos in any Marvel work at this point is something I, it's almost like I I tread carefully Um, because I'm pretty sure the biggest in the form that this was used in the Moon Knight trailer, the only other time we've ever heard this in that context has been Wanda's chaos magic. So I thought it was very interesting because I was like, it's a very important line. There's also, there's very obviously a mystical aspect to all of this. So is there connections? Okay, I just gotta, you, when you were talking, something popped into my head. It could be so absolutely wrong. But I want to toss it out there and I want to get everybody's opinion. So I'm just going to say it. They talk about the Scarlet Witch being in, an ancient being. And essentially it goes from, you know, the power goes from woman to woman. Yeah. Right? Oh my god, I saw your eyes explode. You know where I'm going with this. <laughs> okay, her eyes didn't exactly explode, but they got really wide. <laughs> she still has eyeballs, everybody. But, you know, they talk about her being ancient. And obviously ancient Egypt is called ancient Egypt for a reason. What if, now every time I say that, I feel like I need to, like, talk about the show. 
what if, in the same way that they talk about the Infinity Stones being the beginning of the universe, what if there's a magical kind of version of them? There's the beginning of magic in the universe. And obviously they don't need to take the form of stones, but what if there's some sort of, whatever it is, if it's a talisman or something that has parts and now you have the beginning of sorcery and magic, how the heck did the Wizards of Camertage get their magic? That's true. That's ancient magic. All of it stems from hundreds of thousands of, you know, going on millions of years ago. Heck, is it, okay, wait, I'm about to get, I just thought of something. Is it a piece of the celestial that was inside Earth? Like, is it coming from the celestial that is on our planet? As in when the celestial is still growing? Yes, because that could be a way to tie in the Eternals because they're so separate. We haven't really gotten any confirmation on how the celestials themselves work, nor the impact they have on planets, because typically the planets blow up. So I'm not sure about that. This is, I think this is an ongoing issue we've had. I'd say we've brought this up probably six times at least throughout the course of this podcast, if not more, is that there's a very confusing level to Marvel where you have the mystical, you have the mythical, you have the cosmic, you have the regular old people on the road. On the road. <laughs> <laughs> I, I All I thought about was Bucky and Sam walking down that road. <laughs> I just, that's all I was thinking. <laughs> My bad, everybody. Or when Yelena crashes the plane and they have to walk. They really are on they the are road. They are on the road. So I think especially with the mystical, mythical, and cosmic, I think there are a lot of issues with explanations. And this is an opportunity, once again, where there is a gray area in really understanding what this all means. And I think you brought up Eternals, and while we're slightly on that, Eternals are kind of both cosmic and mystical, and mythical at the, or, yeah, mythical at the same time, but really mystical and cosmic. So they overlap. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm blowing my own brain. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just, you're like, listeners, you couldn't see her face, but she was doing this, like, facial expression of just sheer concentration, and there was hand motions involved, and I, I just like couldn't hold it in anymore. My hands are moving, I was like... I know, she's this. like, I'm going to conjure an explanation out of thin air. Well, my whole point is, is we've had a lot of problems with these three areas specifically, just like a whole... What are they called? You just said them. And I can't remember. Celestial? Yeah, a whole celestial was coming out of Earth, and we've got, like, no context to anywhere else about this. So there's a lot of gray area, which is, once again, being addressed slightly, or I should say, it's not being addressed, but should be being addressed in Moon Knight. I don't think it's necessarily coming from the celestial. I would shoot probably that aspect down. The possibility of there being beings who essentially make almost a, a, like a superior power, that's possible. And I wouldn't be against that. I also wouldn't be against the, uh, the concept that as you were talking about Wanda being an ancient being, this is actually where my brain had went. She's essentially a myth. Yes. That is what Agnes calls her. Well, different civilizations had different myths that went about and different gods that had the same idea of other gods. So the Egyptians had gods who paralleled things such as the Greeks. The Greeks and Romans obviously were very similar 
but also different civilizations had their own idea. So while they kind of shared gods, it was still, they were a little different for the Romans as they were the Greeks. And of course, there's a ton of ancient civilizations, but I'm just naming the really popular ones right now, since I think that's easiest to give examples for. But they all had different gods and goddesses that they worshipped. And so my thought process is, since we're kind of seeing this almost come to fruition, I wonder if Moon Knight is a version of the Scarlet Witch and or vice versa. Almost like the Egyptian version of who she is in their culture and in their mythology as she is to whatever, like the witchcraft mythology pretty much and spirituality, which is what she is and the the being she is. So it's almost since we can kind of look and say, you know, these mythologies are true. Look at Thor. They might have different variations of the same person. And in the Egyptian culture, it could be Moon Knight. Yeah, I think that makes sense. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, I'm just trying to think how to formulate my next thought. I think, I think it wouldn't be Moon Knight to be the Scarlet Witch's parallel. I think the Khonshu would be the parallel because he bestowed the power. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I, sh- I should say more the power. Just, just like Wanda's power was essentially bestowed on her. They say she was a mutant, which was weird in WandaVision, but whatever, that can get addressed later. But she wasn't always the Scarlet Witch, obviously. She was made into the Scarlet Witch fully, so, the same way, so I kind of... But you, I, I'm saying the embodiment, essentially, which would be Wanda yes. and which would no, be... no, correct. Moonlight. I just wanted to make that clarification, because in my head it makes more sense if we talk about Khonshu being the parallel to Wanda, because they're kind of... The I, I almost said the nexus of the power, and I just can't no. <laughs> can't use that word either. It's like chaos. You just it's a trigger word, but they're really the source of the power. You know, it's Khonshu, and then Wanda's her, the source of her own power. I like that. I think. Then I wonder, you know, is the ancient one another parallel? Yeah, you know, or the sorcerer supreme? Because Wanda's constantly compared to the sorcerer supreme, and obviously their magic is is different than Moon Knight's. You know, Wanda and, and the Sorcerer Supreme, who right now is Wong, but in the past has been Doctor Strange, we've obviously seen the Ancient One, they all kind of have similar powers, sort of, so kind of kind of similar in the same vein, the same way they summon it with, with their hands and using their hands for the magic. You know, they don't really touch anything in the sense that, like, the magic touches people, the magic touches their foes, but they don't hand-to-hand combat Whereas Moon Knight is very physical, as we've seen. He's out there with his, well, I don't know what you call the half, the crescent moon thing. It's like, a, it's almost like a slingshot, not a slingshot, like a boomerang type thing. So that's, I think, one difference that is hard for me to kind of reconcile is how physical he is versus how unattached the others are. I was aggressively raising my hand so I could combat this point. To be fair, and this kind of was the part of the point, but I don't know if I fully said about this aspect, they, ancient cultures had a lot of gods and goddesses, but they also had a lot of stories based on them. And a god who could look one way in one culture could be completely different along with their attributes. So while they might have the similar idea behind them, for the ancient Egyptians, Moon Knight, the power that they, that he has, Part of it is more so based off of the more hand-to-hand kind of aspect. You also have to think of the cultures that they could be coming out of. So, and when they were happening. 
So keep that in mind. Obviously, I I desperately want to do my deep dive back into Egyptian mythology because it's very interesting. But it could, like I said, there's a variation. But the the more magical aspect and the possibility of there being varying versions of chaos magic, I think is can be very prevalent. Oh, for sure. And I don't think that you know what I was saying about hand to hand versus you know less contact takes away from the theory. I think it's just some like a wrinkle that I'm trying to work out in my own head. You know, something I'm trying to figure out. How does this, how do I rectify Moon Knight and his attributes with some of the others? I'm trying to think if there are any any other mystical beings that are kind of, would fit that that group. Can you think of any? Well, I don't know about that. I was just going to say as an example to maybe help your thought wrinkle out is Thor is Norse mythology, but Zeus is Greek. Look at them in comparison. Not only their attributes, obviously they're, seem to be very similar without the lightning and all of that. But at the end of the day, when you look at both of those types of mythology, they're pictured and they're given different characteristics that make them different, even though they're essentially the same if you look at who they are, really. So just an example to maybe help you wrap your brains. <laughs> That's fair. And I, I really do like the idea of kind of all chaos magic deriving from potentially one source because, you know, and you touched on this earlier, and I know we've talked about it at length, there are very few connectors going on in Phase 4. Everything, you know, even just the idea that now we have the Defenders as part of the MCU, that's awesome. That's freaking awesome. Don't get me wrong. But it's yet another aspect of the universe or another area within it that now we have to rectify with what's going on. And yes, I get that those shows are not necessarily coming out with new material. Whether or not they belong to the sacred timeline is still up in the air. But, you know, now that I feel like the the world is like... Like, Endgame was the Big Bang. Well, I have a question. Wait, was Daredevil in the Defenders? He was. Then they should be in the sacred timeline. I guess. You're right. That that makes sense. By logic. Yeah, Kingpin, too, so... True, 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 true. I guess, so, full disclosure, I've, I've only ever gotten a few episodes into into Daredevil, so it's hard for me to rectify what little I did see with what's going on in the... or what was happening in the MCU at the time, but, you know, all that aside, my point still stands in that Endgame was kind of like the Big Bang, and ever since then, the universe has been expanding, like our universe did. I'm going all physics on you guys. But there's very few connectors between the different solar systems. And as we look towards an Avengers 5, as we look towards a next big bad, and as we are now in what is essentially year two of our 10-year arc, where are we going? Yeah. What direction? I feel like at this point, and we've said this many times, at this point in phase one or two, depending on how you look at it, well, really phase one, I think, took the first two years. We were further along. We had a better idea. We had more connectors. And I get that it was smaller and they had less characters on the table. And that's true. But I think it still goes to to stand or still stands that it's still very confusing. And there's not a lot of connected tissue. Well, and as you said that, it's almost more ironic. We have more characters than we did in phase one at this point. So you would have expected more connection. Yeah. If anything. It, it's the irony of we're... What is this, the eighth project? There were four shows last year and four movies. This is the ninth. The ninth project. The ninth project of Phase 4. And we've gotten very little crossover between directly between those projects. 
As in, like, I, this is the first time, I mean, Wanda talking to Strange is the first time we're having a, a crossover besides Strange talking to Peter, but that's kind of unrelated. Well, Yelena in Hawkeye was the... Okay, that's fair. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. That was on my list, and then I just pushed it back when I went to... But that's it. Black Widow and Hawkeye have been connected. That's really also not surprising. So, I I understand the point. I think it's been a problem. I'm hoping that maybe we can get somewhere with Moon Knight. However, I also think Moon Knight is opening up doors further down the hallway than helping with the doors that are already here and open. Yeah, I think that Moon Knight is going to be more of an expander property. I think if any property is going to begin to create the connective tissue, it's going to be MOM. Yeah. Just by the sheer expanse of what is going to happen in that movie and what it's going to shake up, that I think that's when we're going to... I mean, it's essentially an Avengers-level movie. Yeah. You know, Kate's mom wants to talk about Avengers-level threats. It's MOM. So... I think that's going to be, if any property that's going to start to put, build those connective tissues, it's it's going to be that one. That doesn't mean that I'm not, I mean, I've already said I'm super excited for Moon Knight, whether or not it even mentions the MCU at all. It actually might be a breath of fresh air. I think we've talked, in the, our last episode, we talked about in Morbius about how sometimes the MCU can get weighed down by the sheer size, breadth, time, weight of it all. I'll be excited to see if they can actually execute a, a show that does not lean on the weight of the other movies and can still, you know, take my breath away. I have all the confidence in the world that they can, and I'm excited that this is the property that they chose to take that approach with. Yeah. I mean, I'm really excited about it. I know we've talked about Moon Knight himself. We've talked about his villain. We've talked about where we think the show's going, and I think those are some of the biggest things you can look at when you're doing a predictions episode because at the end of the day... And for those who have been around for a while, you get the you got the gist of this. For those of you who are new, you can only do so much off of trailers, especially trailers that are cut very similarly, not a lot. Even those clips, which were great to watch, it makes me excited for the show, doesn't give me much information. Um, <laughs> I just feel almost even more lost because I don't know the context of anything going on in the clip. Or even if it's Steven or Mark half the time. Yeah, we don't even know who it is. So it'll definitely be interesting, but there's only so much you can really dive into. And there's there's been some good, I would say we've got some really random but good thoughts that are coming out of this. I, I'm very excited. The suit looks great. I'm intrigued to see. I, I know we don't normally do this for shows, so I'm not going to get into it. But I'm intrigued to see what some of at the end credit scenes are going to be because of the type of show it is and what it's going to open, if we're going to get a completely random end credit scene at some point, or if we're going to get something that we're not necessarily not surprised about, like Black Knight or something of that relation. But regardless, I mean, what else? Is there anything else from the trailers that really are like, we got to talk about this? Now, I'm trying to think. One thing we did touch on that we might want to go just a slight little bit deeper is that there are multiple versions of Moon Knight as well. Okay. So you have the the Moon Knight in the traditional moon-shaped cape. Which the cape is so cool. Oh my gosh, <laughs> when that scene where he's jumping off the building, you see it takes sh- Yeah. I, like, I got chills. I was like, oh my gosh. So that's, like, one version of Moon Knight. And then there's Mr. Knight, who is the one in the suit with, to Katie's point, the ski mask-looking thing. Yeah. And I feel like there was one more, or was it just those two? I don't remember seeing more, but... We might be in for a treat. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so just wanted to touch on that really quickly because I know we had kind of brushed over it quickly earlier in the episode, but there are 
multiple versions of, of Moon Knight as well as multiple versions of Oscar Isaac. Well, not multiple versions, of, but of his character. There's multiple people living within that one body. Which is hard because we don't know who the original is right now, so I can't, I feel weird calling him by a name that might not be his usual alter. <laughs> so, TBD on what we decide to call him, which name he, <laughs> we decide that he will have. But, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. I know going into this year, I think I had said my most looked forward to would be She-Hulk. And I actually want to retract that and not not just because Moon Knight is right around the corner, but that's genuinely because I think I didn't have any clue what Moon Knight was about. And I was like, I know She-Hulk. <laughs> and I was just like, she'll be cool. Um, and I don't think she won't be. But as we established earlier in this episode, a lot of my favorite things are wrapped up in Moon Knight. And I'm very, very excited to see just what we get from it, in all honesty. Yeah, I think, you know, I've obviously been looking forward to it for a while, but when the the critic screener thoughts started coming out a few days ago, and everybody, I mean, across the board, people are just saying the first four are insanely good, well done, that Oscar Isaac is phenomenal, which is unsurprising, but I think once those started to come out and people were like, pretty much an agreement that Marvel's outdone themselves again. I was like, this is amazing. Like, let's let's get this on my computer. Let's go. I'm done waiting. It's time. All right, Marvel. Let the 30th come. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. Do I wish they'd stop doing Wednesday night premieres? Yeah, but we're still there. So get ready. Well, I guess for us, not this Wednesday. But for y'all, this Wednesday, um, get ready, the 30th. Moon Knight, I believe, ju- is it the first or the first and second episode? Just first. I think it's just one. Because I think they're longer episodes. Yeah, they've released the runtime of the first four, and they're all between 40 and 40 minutes and an hour. So, because I know some of the others, like WandaVision started out with some short ones. I think even Hawkeye, some of the first two were a little shorter. I don't remember, but WandaVision, I can confirm. Were most of the- but that was also because the first few were the sitcom-based But yeah, so, okay, so it's going, like, Loki and the Falcon and Winter Soldier kind of route. We've got the longer episodes, only one coming out every week. So get ready for the first episode, which will be very, very soon. Yeah, super exciting. All right, that is a wrap for us, unless you've got anything else, Kate. No, I think I'm good. Cool. So we are calling it quits on our Moon Knight Predictions episode. As always, we hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show so that you get notifications when we come out with our weekly episodes breaking down each episode of Moon Knight. You can also follow our blog, which has companion posts to our episodes, which has a little more context and things like that. So if you want a little bit more after listening to our episode, you can check us out on there. The link is in the show notes. And also, if you're in an MCU mood, but you don't feel like listening to our voices, you can check out our playlist for all of the MCU songs in both the shows and the movies on Spotify, also linked in the show notes. We also do have playlists for our different themes, so whether that's the different shows that have come out on Disney+, Plus or for our replay episodes, whatever it might be, and you're looking for subject matter-specific episodes, you can find those playlists on our Spotify page as well. And then make sure, last but not least, you're following the Twitter, which is Let's Talk MFT. All the new episodes and blog posts will be posted on there, and links to them will be posted on there. 
along with any of our own theories and predictions. On top of that, um, with any that we happen to come across or any Marvel news that have been confirmed, I always try to wait till things are confirmed to retweet or like them. I do make sure to do my research, so I try not to retweet anything, but definitely call me out if I do retweet any news that might have only been a rumor and there is no source to it yet. Unless we're telling you that it's a rumor. Yes. Sometimes we retweet the rumor that says specifically, this is a rumor, because you should keep up with those too, because sometimes then they get confirmed. Yes, yes. Uh, I usually only will, if it's a rumor, and I'm retweeting it especially, it usually is marked as a rumor. If it's something else i try not to retweet until i know there's a source so make sure you're following twitter because everything is going to be in one place and it's gonna get a little chaotic coming up so be prepared lots of content lots of our content and remember that marvel just blew your mind so let's talk about it